Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your source for Wall Street knowledge and valuable guidance. I'm your host, Veronica Dudo, joined by the Buy, Hold, Sell traders, Tobin Smith and Todd Schoenberger. On this week's show, we are joined by Chris Markowski of Markowski Investments and Winnie Sun of Sun Group Wealth Partners, who offer a very spirited discussion on the current bear market and where stocks are headed next. We also dig deep into the software, restaurant and retail industries, and if investors should reconsider these areas for their portfolio. So strap yourself in for what will be an exciting buy-hold-sell. The streak continues. Both the S&P and NASDAQ have declined seven consecutive weeks, and the Dow is sitting on an eight-week losing streak. Big names like Target and Walmart are giving us dire warnings about the American consumer, and Wall Street banks are raising the odds of a recession. So how low will we go? Hi, everyone. I'm Veronica Dudo, and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. Let's bring in the traders. Tobin Smith, Todd Schoenberger, Chris Markowski, of Markowski Investments and special guest Winnie Sun of Sun Group Wealth Partners. Toby, do you think we hit the bottom this week in the S&P and NASDAQ? You know, if people have been listening to us for the last four weeks, they probably would have saved about 25% of their retirement funds. And the reason is very simple. There's a complete disconnect between what's actually happening in the real economy and what people like me who wear $4,000 suits uh, do at Wall Street. For some reason, when Wall Street talks, they say how well off the American consumer is, but they don't differentiate between the top 25 or 30 percent, which absolutely has discretionary money, and the bottom 66 percent that do not. And we now, if, if you haven't figured that out yet, look at Walmart, look at Target, look at Ross stores, look at any of these uh, of this complex where people are not buying discretionary goods anymore. They're just yeah. buying, you know, their basic deal. So if you extrapolate yeah. that, I know that's a big word for you, Todd. Uh, if you extrapolate <laughs> that over the entire economy, um, then yeah. you, it tells you three things. Number one, if if auto loans, subprime auto loans are are now getting barfed up, if mortgages rates are getting to the point and rents yeah. that we're having a higher for we're starting to have foreclosures and and people being kicked out of their homes. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. If you do the math, we are in a recession in the bottom 70 percent of the economy and the yeah. top 30 percent of the economy will be in a recession by the first quarter of the year. That's and right. We I, know that. We know that because truck trucking's down, transportation's down, retail's yeah. down. I mean, what else do you need? Todd, well, so look, the sell-off intensifies on Wall Street. Give us your assessment. Yeah, it is. It's, and it's only going to continue into the summer and probably for the rest of the year. Look, you have most Americans right now that actually believe we are in a deep recession. When they go out and they're trying to fill up their gas tank or they're going to the grocery store, they just can't make ends meet. We saw that from the most recent report in the first quarter of how much consumer debt has actually ballooned yeah. up. I mean, we're looking at $16 trillion right now, guys. And when you start thinking about just having this to put money on your credit card just to feed your family, it's not good. And that trickle-down effect is going to impact stocks. So right now, you're looking at a bear market. You're looking at a prolonged bear market. I just don't see how we're ever going to recover this year. And next year is looking just as dismal. It's just not good, guys. So a lot of uh, effects on Wall Street and Main Street. Winnie, do you think we've seen the full impact yet? 
Absolutely not, Veronica. Thanks so much for having me. I think, you know, what we talked about earlier, absolutely things are going to get worse before they're going to be better. But I want to share these words. This is from Thomas Edison. And he said, you know, good fortune is what happens when opportunity meets with planning. And I think today, more than ever, we know the importance of planning. In fact, I shared this just earlier on Twitter. We do know that, of course, we're in bear market territory now in S&P. Following not too long ago, we were already in the bear market and the NASDAQ. So the investor today is feeling very, very overwhelmed. They're already feeling like they don't know what, what, what's going on. You know, but there's a lot of things that we, we can't dismiss. Absolutely, inflation is an issue, but I continue to talk about this on social media. Until we get you know, more of this COVID behind us, we can actually expect this to repeat because things are not back to normal as much as we would like to think they are. I mean, look at today, we're all joining from different places of the country. We're not in one space yet. Until that happens, we're never gonna get that far ahead. Chris, what are you telling clients? Same thing I always tell them. This is your own quality, and you're going to deal with points in time like this. I've been doing it for three decades. This is not the first rodeo that my clients have been on. And uh, you own high-quality companies, companies that pay you to own them. Uh, again, great way to uh, make money, compounding the royal road to riches. Uh, you're going to have to ride these things through. Uh, some of the areas of our portfolios that have done well with energy, now we're starting to you know, take some profits there, maybe reallocating some of the things that have backed off to some degree. Exactly the opposite we were doing the past couple of years. So again, trying to time when the market bottom is going to hit. Um, I'm not very good at that. Never been very good at that. Owning high quality companies. That's what we do. The biggest well, warning I, sign I saw out there, guys, and Toby, I'm going to interrupt you. But once we saw Target and we saw Walmart and their their numbers were awful and that, that's backwards looking, then you start looking at the forward guidance. I don't, that is really critical because the American consumer is strapped right now. Like you said earlier, they, they're out buying staples, but they're not buying anything else. And then you have companies out there, other just the ancillary uh, part of this. Look at John Deere. John Deere down 14% on Friday. That's awful when you start thinking about higher food costs, higher gas costs. You know, Chris is right. You sell into the strength and energy. But realistically, for all the other stocks that are out there, especially consumer discretionary, you got to stay far away from them and stay away from them probably for the next 12 months at least. So there's only been one bear market in the past 50 years, uh, the crash in 1987 that was not accompanied by a recession. Toby, you're saying it's already here upon us. So there's really no shot of, of that happening in this scenario? Yeah, well, remember, I, I, I've come up with this term. You know, it's like from crypto because I'm a crypto bro. Look at my diamond eyes. Um, the idea that, that the Fed has done a rug pull on the stock market. Remember, for the last- Very technical. 50, yeah, very uh, technical. Yeah, yeah, very technical. There's 11 years where they t made interest zero. It's called ZIRP, ZERP. I just love that. And then they came up, Bernanke came up with the idea that if they go into the bond market and buy all the bonds available, they're going to take those rates down. And, and that was called quantitative easing. Now they've done a rug pull on that. And we have artificially high stocks. You know, uh, uh, Mark, I, I hear what you're saying, you know, buy high quality and go through the thing. I, I, I don't run my money that way. I don't run our managed accounts that way. We're looking for total return. When, when, when Jay Powell came out in December late and said, okay, we screwed up, then we were able to switch <laughs> for most of the technology. We only had like 20% anyway. We're 100% in what I'm calling now the de-Russification 
complex around the world. Great word. The, uh, uh, we're up 80%, 82% for the year. We're not selling any of our energy. We're going to get some pullbacks because those are the only places people have made money. But we're going to buy the dip in uh, the energy complex from shippers to drillers. And we're going to advise people, and we do, to uh, sell the rip on these bear market rallies that we're going to get. Because remember, only eight stocks, nine stocks actually, comprise 56% of the entire NASDAQ and 45% of the S&P. It's never happened before. And every dollar that comes out of the market, uh, 46 or 52% of that dollar goes out of those 10 stocks. And that's a recipe for disaster. They have to come down to the point that they're stupid cheap and they are not stupid cheap. So, Winnie, we did hear Fed Chair Jerome Powell talk about a softish landing. What exactly does that mean? <laughs> and do you think it's possible? You know, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I think that, to be honest, with you, I think the Fed is way more optimistic than I am currently. Um, I think so we got a lot of room to go before he, I think his eye is on, what, a 2% inflation rate. I, I feel like that's like, that, that's, that's, that's like unicorns Wait, yeah. being born out of this market. I don't know. Um, I don't know what to expect right now. I think I think a lot of investors today are very hesitant to believe what's coming out of the Fed. Um, and that's not only from from a financial standpoint, but government standpoint, political standpoint, you, you name it right now. Investors are really worried. And I think it, it goes across the spectrum. We were certainly feeling a lot of weakness in, um, you know, the um, households where they're very dependent on, you know, uh, dual income or, you know, children being back in yeah. school and, and things being back to normal. But now this market, and this economy, it's affecting everybody, not just here in the United States, but globally as well. So as much as we like to think that we're done with you know, the volatility of the market, I would agree with no everybody way. on the panel today. There's no way. We've got way more room to go. Yeah. All right. We'll have to leave it there. Great conversation, everyone. And thank you for joining us today, Winnie. Thank you for having me. We hope to have you back soon. Coming up next on Buy, Hold, Sell, big box retailers are suddenly nervous about the American consumer, but are their fears overblown? Stay tuned to find out. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Buy, Hold, Sell Live, brought to you by Transformity Research. Hey, friends, investor friends, this is Tobin Smith. I just show this to you. You may remember me from like, like 25 years on business TV, but it's not about me, brothers and sisters. It is about this. We are about five times the average, stock average, over the last two years. But more importantly, this year, we're up about 67% in our portfolios, while the S&P is down, you know, 12% and going deeper. And the Nasdaq's down 25% and going deeper. Let me ask you this, are you tired of losing money? Uh, because right now we forecast not only a big recession in 2023, 
But we think we can do this again. We think it could be up again another 5, 50 to 60% by being in the right place, the right stocks, and at the right time. That's what we're doing right now. So join us, transformityresearch.com. Get on our free newsletter, transformityresearch.com. Join us for free and stop losing money. If you like Buy, Hold, Sell Live, be sure to smash the like button. Lights, cameras, connectivity to every kind of screen. With six broadcast studios and experts ready to help plan the event. Big Wig Media's broadcast center at the Willard is the ideal headquarters to host your virtual meetings and video conferences. Let's get started. Welcome back. Retail stocks crashed this week as rising costs overtook bellwether companies like Target and Walmart off guard and surprised many on Wall Street. But Todd, you think the markets are underestimating the resiliency of the American consumer? Well, that's the thing, because we've been talking about this for years. I mean, Toby and I going back in our television history, and when we looked at American consumers, we could always say that, yeah, that resiliency, they're very strong. They're going to always succeed. They're always going to bounce back. Right now, though, I'm not so sure. I mean, once we heard these earnings reports out of Walmart and Target, and, and then they're actually they're, they're giving us a, the backwards story, then they start talking about what's forward. They can't you can't paint that uh, you can't paint that picture. And so I think what the issue is uh, from an optimistic standpoint, I'm just not there right now. So I'm not sure it is overblown. I am very concerned, especially when I only saw three percent growth from the comparables on target year over year. I just don't see it happening right now for the second half of the year. Now, Toby, it's clear that transportation costs are impacting these big box retailers. Where do we go from here? Well, a couple of things. Remember, you know, we had that pandemic. Does anybody remember that? And all of this <laughs> goods services were pulled forward. In other words, we bought goods. We are a 70% consumer economy, yet for 18 months, we were a 70% goods economy. That's why the supply chain got all screwed up. We were never built, never made to do that. And then if you looked at the sales, whether it's Best Buy or Ross stores or, you know, any of these guys, Target, et cetera, they were selling a lot of stuff, discretionary stuff, not food, not vegetables, et cetera. Now that's completely flipped. So you have to really take the last 28 months out of the equation and now jump into to today. And in today, we have 7% quote unquote inflation. However, if you measure it the way we used to back when Todd was in diapers and I was just first on Wall Street, <laughs> um, if you use the same way we measured inflation then, yeah. we're at 16% inflation. So don't tell me that this is transitory. They don't anymore. Don't tell me that that's not just crushing the bottom 66% of households in the United States, which, by the way, make about $60,000 gross and have about $400 of money in the checking account, except for when they got $7,000 of stimmy checks. So uh, that economy has hunkered down. We're already right. in a recession in the bottom 70% of our population. So don't tell me that the, uh, you know, the American consumer is doing all great. They are not.
So, Chris, what do you think? Because coming up, it's going to be back-to-school sales and, of course, yeah. all of the merchandise for the holidays. Do you think these retail stocks rebound anytime soon? Well, I think it's going to be a long slog for them. I think I mean, the aspects to, that I mentioned that I agree with is uh, uh, there's no more child tax credit. Um, I doubt we're going to see any build back better. So the, the checks aren't going to be flying out the door to help <laughs> out with anybody because that most certainly helped boost everybody. That was one of the yeah. greatest stimulus packages for big box stores ever was uh, those stimulus yeah. checks and the child tax credit. Uh, and these companies got to deal with that. And you obviously got the headwinds with higher energy costs. Uh, unless we see a change in that. And obviously you don't see much coming out of this administration in regards to helping uh, when it comes out or changing their position. And actually, I think I kind of like this. I think they want it. It's by design. They like these higher energy costs. Um, it's going to be yes. difficult for them moving forward. I agree with that. And that's a whole other topic, though, for another show. But yeah. I completely agree with that, that I do think that this is by design. You know, do you remember, do you remember right Stephen now? Chu? Remember Obama's energy secretary said he wanted our gasoline prices to be commensurate with Europe's? Well, they're paying about 10 bucks a gallon now. We're not there yet, but we're, we're on our way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe by Labor Day. Yeah. So, <laughs> But so listen, we, you're, well, Veronica, real quick, you did bring up about inventory, you know, back to school season starting soon. You, uh, you brought up a good point with it, you know, and then you get the holiday shopping season, all that inventory. The biggest issue that, especially with Target, is inventory control. They have yeah. more product that's actually behind the wall in the back. And what, as a result, there are no cash registers in the back. So the revenues are getting crushed that <laughs> way. And, and plus, from the supply side the disruption, they actually are still receiving merchandise. It might be Valentine's merchandise. So now you're going to have this big influx of products coming in for back to school, Christmas. What do you do with all of this stuff? And all you and if you go around to these places, these big box retailers, you see all these uh, trailers that are sitting out in the parking lots. They're filled with yeah. stuff, stuff that's not being yeah. sold right now. That inventory issue is a huge issue, and I don't think they're able to solve that anytime soon. And that will have a negative impact on the stocks going forward. Yeah, re remember that Remember that our GDP in the first quarter was down 1.5%, and it was yeah. tied almost 90% to the fact that they'd ordered too much stuff already. And so in the first quarter of, 2000, of this year, guess what? They stopped ordering. And when you stop right. ordering new stuff, that, that, that's, that, you know, so it's, uh, that's already happened, Todd. It's just going to get worse. You're, you're right. right. And, and we, look at, we look at shipping charges. Um, if you look at the trucking industry and the stocks, they're down 30 percent. That tells you something. Number one is they're getting killed by diesel if they can find it. Number two, uh, there's, you know, everybody's bought everything they can. We had the giant pull forward of a historic basis where we, you know, we pulled, you know, something like $18 trillion worth of, of goods and services and software and everything else. We pulled it all forward in 24 months. Now we got too much. And that reality, then plus your mortgage rates is higher and your credit card rate and your gas prices, it's a toxic brew. We've never yeah. had it before. And for someone to step in and say, oh, yeah, I'm looking at my model and I think that we're not going to have a recession. <laughs> they do not live in the real world. They live right. in New York. Uh, and uh, Lincoln picks him up in the morning and takes him to the office. Okay, <laughs> so we definitely. But I do, I do like the idea though, the mortgage rates going up because then eventually a disconnect will obviously be this is a function of thirty-year mortgage, a function of affordability. Obviously, the principal yeah. on these homes are going to have to come down, which is necessary. Now, in, in hot uh, uh, markets around the country, especially in places like Florida, they're still not able to put up houses because they still can't get their stuff yet. And again, yeah. uh, you know, Biden can do a little bit about that if he got rid of all the ridiculous tariffs that we have out there. That would be helpful and obviously helping that issue and getting housing costs down. Uh, but, but I think that that's going to take some air out of the whole housing bubble, which could be helpful.
Sure, so there's a lot of pressure on the consumer. So we have these geopolitical issues, of course, internationally. We have record high inflation. Interest rates are rising. And again, we're going to get more into oil and gas and some of those restaurant stocks. But is this potentially a time to go fishing with some of the carnage? You know, Toby, are, are you looking to think that potentially you might tell your clients to buy some of these retail stocks? Well, we have a we have a list of, you know, we call the dumpster diving, the baby thrown out the bathwater. <laughs> and, and, and and to Mark's point, um, if I can buy a company that I know has secular, meaning non-cyclical growth over the next five years, that's locked in about 20% because their business model is structured so they make 80% profit margins, those are the companies I want to I want to dip. Are there, are there any? Did I say that? Are there any out there? Yeah, they are. They're are they're, they're actually called enterprise software companies. Um, and you know, for instance, you cannot run a business today without DocuSign. You cannot run a business without ServiceNow. It's just that the the stocks, because of the everything goes up, you know, bubble, just got to ridiculous values. They will come down. When those come down, now those are great stocks with, you know, moats of against competition, et cetera, et cetera. But would I buy a retail business with, you know, 6% profit margins and net losses build up for the next two years? Hell no. All right. Thanks, no. guys. If you've been out to eat lately, you know it's taking a bite out of your wallet. But is now really the time to be increasing your appetite for restaurant stocks? Stay tuned to find out. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Hi everyone, I'm Veronica Dudo and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. If you have the Russians that are going into Ukraine, the Americans and the Germans and everyone else in Europe is going to say, hell no. If Russia doing things, you know, logically was their M.O., I'd agree with you. Yeah, Todd, why don't you get him on, on a phone call right now? Hello? <laughs> you Financial News TV, just the way you like it. Fast-paced, unadulterated in your face, rock and roll style. Join us next time on Buy, Hold, Sell Live. Oh yeah, I'm gonna remember all that. I can't even remember. Oh God. Yeah, well, that I want you to, uh, oh my God. Fast pace, no, oh, sorry. <laughs> Take one. Fast pace, no holds barred, in your face, rock and roll style. Woohoo! Let's kick some ass. I want you to smash that like button. <laughs> Track, fuel, dissolve. Good morning and welcome from Big Wig Studios. From the Big Wig Media Studios. Big Wig Media's broadcast center at the Willard is the ideal headquarters to host your virtual meetings and video conferences. 
kudos to our team who's running around behind the cameras. What I liked about working with Big Wig Media was you guys are the experts. Our industry pros have you covered. Let's get started. Welcome back. Shares of restaurant companies have lost nearly a quarter of their value so far this year amid higher interest rates and recession fears. But Todd, you say there are a few winners for investors to carve into. Explain. Yeah. Yeah, not many, not many. <laughs> you like that. So, the um, yeah, you look at some of these stocks right now, McDonald's, uh, Wendy's, Yum Brands with Taco Bell, they're all down big. I mean, you have uh, even Chipotle is down, I, I believe it's 60% right now. So when, from their 52-week high. So when you start looking at these figures, and yeah, it's just, it's common sense. You wouldn't think that, okay, higher food costs, you're not going to be able to go out. You're not going to be able to spend your money. You won't have the discretionary income. There are a couple out there, actually, though. Buffalo Wild Wings is up uh, for the year. So you have a couple that are that are still uh, lingering and still showing some profit potential. I don't know if it's going to hold, but if you are, but there are some, some nitpicky um, spots if you want, really want to start researching. You might find some winners. Toby, well, that's your a, thoughts? That's a, glowing in, that's a glowing endorsement, Todd. I don't know if it's going <laughs> to hold or not, but... Dude, come on, well, man. Well, look, now, I'm trying to be just, optimistic, Toby. I'm trying to be optimistic I, I, for you. I, I went don't see anything out there. Yeah, I went to a Five Guys restaurant, which I love from being back from D.C. Hamburgers, right? They had a, they had a picture on a wall of the of the award that they won like three years ago for the best burger. It was $3.99. I walk up to the uh, <laughs> counter, and they say, yeah, Mr. Smith, that'll be $11.39. And <laughs> I was just I, – I, so – <laughs> my, my point is, there's there's one company called Restaurant Brands, and Restaurant Brands yes. owns a number of sub-brands. Uh, we're looking at them because they, they're in the right place. The, the right place for food right now is good-for-you food. It's fast faster food, but it's good for you. And then and, and secondarily are sort of very small niches. They have that. So Restaurant Brands, I'm not ready to buy now, uh, but when they, when they puke up their numbers and say how bad things are, then it's time. That's when you want to buy restaurants. It's when the bottom of the business cycle, everything's horrible. The prices are on the stocks 80% down. And we've made a lot of money over the years. Chipotle was our favorite one in the financial crisis. I love Chipotle. I would buy it. I don't care what price it is, but it was fun <laughs> to buy it 80% lower than it was. And that's what you got to do with restaurants because yeah. they're ultra cyclical and they hate inflation. Besides that, they're great investments. So, Chris, we saw, especially coming out of the pandemic, a lot of people were ordering out. They wanted things to go. Yeah. We saw some states lift uh, laws and allow alcohol and containers to be able to be served. Where do you see this going? Well, obviously, I think the whole COVID picture, even though it's got this recent, they're calling it fifth wave. I, I do think that people are tired of it. Again, I'm, it's anecdotal, but I do have a son in college and I'm traveling around lacrosse tournaments and going to lacrosse yeah. games. And everybody oh, out there needing workers wherever <laughs> we go. But the funny thing is you mentioned Chipotle. After you know the, the end of the game, the the, uh, the kids are done. All the college kids, what do they want? They want Chipotle. I look at my credit card. Absolutely, Chipotle, Chipotle. You know what's interesting too is that they're actually using some uh, technology, actually utilizing robots to make the chips. Now they're trying it to obviously save themselves yeah. some money. That's a great thing. Honestly, we talk about recessions. Recessions to me, they they act as almost like the lymphatic system of the human body. You get rid of the gunk. And companies that are smart yeah. are come out of them, you know, the old uh, John Candy and stripes, lean, mean fighting machines. And that's what you got to look for. Huh.
So Todd, Memorial you. Day weekend kicks off the unofficial start to summer. Do you think people will be traveling more and potentially rallying behind uh, restaurants and, and potentially seeing yeah. those rise? Yeah, I think, I mean, there, look, there's pent-up demand, obviously. There's pent-up, um, and there's actually, that's a, one of the biggest reasons, or not one of the biggest reasons, but it's another reason for higher food costs right now, because people are out. You know, Chris mentioned about the pandemic. He's right. I mean, now here we are. We're traveling. He's going around to lacrosse tournaments. I'm doing the same exact thing, and Toby knows it, too. And every place we go, I mean, my sons, we're going to Panera Bread. We're going to, to the uh, to the Chipotle yeah. or a Chick-fil-A. You know, you're trying to find these spots. And, yeah, there is a higher cost, but you got to eat. And so, yeah, you're out. You're out and about. You're going to be stopping. You're going to be doing some things right now. And, yeah, I could definitely uh, see uh, see some winners it, out it, there. Right, but I'll tell you this. Though, the, yeah, the restaurants, you may be going to the top, but the restaurants are losing money, number one. Number two, their, yeah. their labor costs are almost twice as much as they used to be. In the restaurant business, you take your food costs, you multiply by three. That's your price. Well, they can't keep multiplying by three. The prices keep going up. They can't change. I will tell you this. At the PGA tournament this weekend, a friend was there. He ordered just a Michelob beer, you know, those little tall boys. It was $27. What? <laughs> we call that Yankee Stadium for crying out loud. That's nothing. Yeah, you're, right, you're right, Chris. Okay. So, right. so Woo. sticker shock, sticker shock. Okay, oh everybody's Lord. feeling the squeeze. Thanks, gentlemen. For the first time in American history, every state is averaging over $4 for a gallon of gas. Do the higher prices mean profits for big oil companies? We find out after the break. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Hey friends, investor friends, this is Tobin Smith. I just show this if you may remember me from my like 25 years on business TV, but it's not about me, brothers and sisters. It is about this. We are about five times the average, stock average, over the last two years. But more importantly, this year, we're up about 67% in our portfolios, while the S&P is down, you know, 12% and going deeper. And the Nasdaq's down 25% and going deeper. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of losing money? Because right now, we forecast not only a big recession in 2023, but we think we can do this again. We think it could be up again another 5, 50 to 60% by being in the right place, the right stocks, and at the right time. That's what we're doing right now. So join us, transformityresearch.com. Get on our free newsletter, transformityresearch.com. Join us for free and stop losing money.
everyone. I'm Veronica Dudo, and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. If you have the Russians that are going into Ukraine, the Americans and the Germans and everyone else in Europe is going to say, hell no. If Russia doing things, you know, logically was their M.O., I'd agree with you. Yeah, Todd, why don't you get him on, on a phone call right now? Hello, you... <laughs> The national average for a gallon of gas hit a new all-time high this week ahead of the summer driving season that kicks off next week and prices are only going higher. Chris, do the higher prices give investors a bullish signal for big oil stocks? They, be, they were doing pretty darn well, uh, that, that's for sure. And again, whenever things start doing really darn well, I always like uh, taking that's basically how we manage our money is we like to rotate assets and obviously take some profits off the table. But yeah, um, basically, it's it's to the moon at this point in time, unless, of course, you know, you get a change in direction. But even even that's the case, you know, we start putting pipelines in, we, pipelines in, we start getting rid of ridiculous <laughs> regulations. Uh, I know, I know, I'm hoping I'm dreaming over here. Um, I, I think what was it? Price of carbon under Trump was seven bucks for a thousand for for I think a ton, and now it's over fifty dollars with Biden. It makes it very very difficult. You hear that, Toby? Um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> well, hang on, Chris. Uh, just not to burst your bubble or anything. Uh, let's let's do three things. Number one, big oil doesn't sell any freaking gasoline. <laughs> It's refiners <laughs> who, who make refiners, but they don't sell any gasoline. It's only gas stations that sell gasoline. Okay, it's number one. Number two, the way that but you get lower effect. prices. There's a ripple effect. Oh, oh, yeah, here's a ripple effect. Look, look. Second, the other issue is that, um, you know, I would, politics, small ticks. The, the left wing people are crazy. We should have three pipelines out of the Marcellus shale for natural gas. We don't, blah, blah, blah. But even if we started on that tomorrow, and it was all green. It would take six years to build those things. Even if we started with a thousand drill rigs, which we do not have anymore, and started drilling all over the place, we wouldn't see oil for another or natural gas, more important, for yeah, another you, 12 to 14 months. I, so I understand that. Price, the price of oil is traded on a market. And there's obviously all sorts of other issues that are pricing into it. If a hurricane yeah. pops up in the Gulf of Mexico, it, it might not hit. But again, the price of oil is going to go up in anticipation of that. It's a whole idea of what's going to have down the road. If you're going to be uh, going to be much more difficult uh, on people that are making oil oil producers out there, obviously it's going to affect the price of oil because it's based upon what they're paying down the road. It's futures. And Toby, your yeah, yeah, your but, point is noted, but I mean, at some point, don't you think we have to start? I mean, for now, at least moving forward to the future. So if six years ago we started, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. Good point. Well, look, there's two, there's two issues here. Demand destruction, the, the cure for any uh, energy product is, of, of high prices is high prices because everybody used to jump in and drill more and it would price down. Look at between. I was voted the number one energy analyst in 2004, okay? I, we, we understand this marketplace. But it's different now because of de-Russification. Russia still does 14% of the export of oil. Natural gas are doing 24%. If you're going to de-Russify your economy, 
All the rules are out, Chris. None of the rules apply. But Toby, don't you think that, don't you think that are, they're going to be doing the same thing that, that Mark Rich used to do there, and they're going to be selling that oil at a discount, $30, $40 a barrel, whatever it may be, they to already, India, they, they and whoever take it? I mean, you got you got energy situations, socialist country in Sri Lanka. They can't get any energy. You don't think that they're going to call up Vladimir Putin and say, please sell us some Good on the point. slide? They are, I mean, Chris. Going on. Chris, they're doing it already. They're doing it already. They're exactly, buying it for 40% off. But that doesn't help me. That doesn't help the American consumer. You're talking about apples and oranges. The issue is for the Western economies in Cold War 2.0, by the way, that we're going to have to depend on ourselves. Energy has been yeah. weaponized by Russia. And, well, and, well, and that never happened for the last 60 years. But there's still a finite amount of money, and they're still pumping the oil out of the ground, and it's just going in a yep. different direction where you're going to have to adjust some of these you know, supply issues, kind of like, all right, we're not getting the natural gas from Russia anymore, so we got to ship them liquefied natural gas. So, I mean, it, it's, it's still out there. That's still being produced. Right, right. A, but, but the price oh. the price is determined by the marginal buyer. The marginal yeah. buyer is the person who does not care about price, and right now that's Europe. So as long as I can buy literally $100 million worth of LNG, put it on a boat and give it to send it to Europe, to Germany and Rotterdam, and make $350 million off of that, I'm going to continue to do that. And because we have no more uh, excess supply, we have to have demand destruction. And demand destruction means prices have to go a lot higher and a big recession has to happen so people lose jobs, et cetera. Other than that, I'm sorry, Chris, if you look at the energy futures, they're pricing a little lower pricing, but they're pricing prices down to $85 or $90. That is, you know, that's not $30 oil as what you usually get in a recession. And we're also going to see Shanghai start to open up. Todd, how will that affect this very complicated market? Ooh, that's going to send oil prices much higher. And and you have to, if they start opening up, and don't forget, hurricane season is we're we're on the uh, we're on the brink of that. So if you have a Cat Five or a Cat Four going into the Gulf, you're going to see prices spike there too. There will be a premium. But Toby, here's the thing: if we st are these shovel ready jobs? Are we? Is that what we? Some way start building these pipelines? No, 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 no. There's no. There's literally. Uh, almost 60% of the oil direct workers have left the industry. Do you know where they've gone? They've gone to Amazon. They're making 22 bucks an hour. They get to work in air conditioning. They get stock yeah. options, free lunch. Yeah. If you've ever been an oil derrick, I know you have, Todd, in the middle of Texas <laughs> at 110 degrees in the summertime, yes. and you have to live out there seven days a week. In the so shade. We could, not, yeah, we could not start 100 wells today. But here's this for all you right-wingers out there. Gavin Newsom, the <laughs> governor of California, came up with this idea that if they just sent $400 to every one of the citizens, that would help them with their, ga ga their gasoline prices. <laughs> Doesn't understand economics 101. All he's going to do is create more demand, which is going to make prices go up. I mean, All right. you cannot make that up. You <laughs> cannot make that up. Great conversation, guys. Love Software it. stocks are getting pummeled even harder than the rest of the tech market. So is now the time to buy our tech guru, Toby Smith will let us know after the break. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.
Buy, Hold, Sell Live, brought to you by Transformity Research. Hey friends, investor friends, this is Tobin Smith. I just show this if you may remember me from like, like 25 years on business TV, but it's not about me, brothers and sisters. It is about this. We are about five times the average stock average over the last two years, but more importantly, this year, we're up about 67% in our portfolios, while the S&P is down, you know, 12% and going deeper. And the Nasdaq's down 25% and going deeper. Let me ask you this, are you tired of losing money? Uh, because right now we forecast not only a big recession in 2023, but we think we can do this again. We think it could be up again another 550 to 60% by being in the right place, the right stocks, and at the right time. That's what we're doing right now. So join us, transformityresearch.com. Get on our free newsletter, transformityresearch.com. Join us for free and stop losing money. If you like Buy, Hold, Sell Live, be sure to smash the like button. Lights, cameras, connectivity to every kind of screen. With six broadcast studios and experts ready to help plan the event. Big Wig Media's broadcast center at the Willard is the ideal headquarters to host your virtual meetings and video conferences. Let's get started. Software stocks were investor favorites throughout the pandemic, but not any longer. Toby, you're an expert when it comes to finding tech profits for investors. What are you telling clients these days? Well, the number one thing is, is to build a list in a bear market, particularly at bear market that is preceding a recession, um, a, a high Flying tech stocks are the ones that come down the most. We're really just like the dot-com dot crash in 2001, 2003. In that time, though, we built a list of software companies that had very high margins, 80% or more, meaning that they get a dollar in, they've got 80% of gross profit, that are very sticky that companies can't do without. Um, and, you know, we found a, a little company uh, called uh, Salesforce at that time, and it's, you know, only up about 25,000%. So... If you take this phone, right, and you, uh, you know, you dial into something or you want to get some information or you're on your computer and you're checking in and then they say, can we send you a, a, a text to make sure this is you? The company that makes that happen is called Twilio. Twilio is, is right behind all of the apps that you use and it's, it, you can't replace it. It's, it. You just cannot replace it. Same thing with uh, Mongo. Mongo like Sheriff Bart, right? Mongo software <laughs> database. Mongo is the database behind all of those apps you use. And those are two companies that are now got religion and are not, they've been growing 40, 50% a year for 10 years, but they were spending a boatload of money. Now they both got religion. They're, they're now taking their spending down to the point where they actually make cash flow. It's a shocking concept. And I think when they come down another 20 to 30%, you could leg into them. And the way you do it as a money manager is you say, here's the size I want to own in this. And I'm going to do it sort of one quarter, one quarter, one quarter, unless it really dropped. And I just felt because you can own those for the next three to five years. 
um, Veronica. And I, you know, I guarantee you, unless we hit by a, a lightning and a, a you know, <clears throat> meteor, they're going to be worth more money. Yeah. Todd, do yeah. you think software firms are taking a hit because of high interest rates and then a reversal from all of the COVID-related online activity? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, people, you want them back in the office. So here we are. We're connected via Zoom. We're all over the country right now. And but Zoom has been one of those companies. The stock has been getting hammered because here we are where people are back in the office. There's not that need for getting it. Getting hammered. It's down 80 percent, Todd. Oh, That's yeah, more okay. than hammered. Hey, hey, I'm just trying to be nice about it, Toby. I didn't want you to feel bad going into the weekend. But listen, but you can't. And DocuSign, you brought up DocuSign earlier. DocuSign is actually one of those companies that there is a, a need for it right now. But that's another stock that's gotten hammered. Out of all of these, though, for all of the tech companies, the, the software companies are the were the, the favorites or the darlings on Wall Street. They just aren't anymore. The question is, when does that, when do you start buying those stocks right now? Probably soon, but not right now. Chris, do you think we could see these stocks fall even further? No, I, I, I like that. Well, of course, it could fall further. And I, I like the philosophy of obviously kind of picking and choosing and seeing which ones are going to make it. If you want to even go back to the, the 1990s, uh, did I buy Amazon when it first went to $400 a share when they put that ridiculous thing on it? No, it just sold books. Uh, but eventually it changed business, which made it a, obviously a much more viable Internet retailer. But you could have picked one. It was CD Now and Pets.com. There's so many companies out there that, again, are spending like crazy. Uh, they haven't been frugal. I, I don't like companies like that. You can sit and you can wait and see which ones are going to start doing sure. it right, which ones are going to be able to cut costs. You can actually start valuing. Back then, you could actually look at the burn rate because they'd already gone public. It's different. You know, the, the past 10, 15 years after uh, Sarbanes-Oxley, they had all this venture capital where they ladder these things up and most people can't get in at the bottom. And a lot of these things were extraordinarily overvalued, much worse than it was yeah. back during the, the 1990s, you, quite frankly. You know what? You, yeah, you're right about that. You know what? iShares has a great ETF. It's a tech uh, software sector ETF. Down big. I think it's down 40% this year so far. That's another one, like you said, Chris. So you see that thing dropping a little bit further. Might be one of those opportunities for investors to really jump in on, especially if you could get it at a steeper discount than where it is right now. Yeah, the, the cloud, cloud computing is not going anywhere. AI, yeah. artificial intelligence, is going to be the next big data center. Um, and, and so you can do that. But the point is they're so ridiculously priced. Remember, stocks went up 7% for 30 years. All of a sudden, they went up 17%. You know, you have to give that back. You have to go back to the to yeah. normal, reasonable normal, before you go after these things. Because I guarantee you, you know, all the YOLO, FOMO, diamond hands, whatever shizzle going on there, <laughs> uh, all, all all those people were, were buying the dip on, on uh, you know, friggin' Shopify at $1,300, $900, yeah. $700. Yeah. It's now $300. It's probably right. worth $100. So don't kid yourself that you can, you know, to Chris's point, it's not about timing. It's about it, finding that niche that has super competitive advantage and letting the price come back. And when it gets down to normal, normal, then you take a bite. And, uh, and then you hope if you're an investor, that it actually goes down because if you're, you're going to use a yeah. three to five year horizon. We've just been traders and, and momentum investors for the last 10 years because nothing went down. All right. And you've got to change your style. Trying to find that ebb and flow of the markets. All right. Fantastic discussion, gentlemen. Coming up next, it's time to make some money. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast, 
This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Hi everyone, I'm Veronica Dudo, and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. If you have the Russians that are going into Ukraine, the Americans and the Germans and everyone else in Europe is going to say, hell no. If Russia doing things, you know, logically was their MO, I'd agree with you. Yeah, Todd, why don't you get him on, on a phone call right now? Hello? <laughs> you Financial news TV, just the way you like it. Fast-paced, unadulterated, in your face, rock and roll style. Join us next time on Buy, Hold, Sell Live. Oh yeah, I'm gonna remember all that. I can't even remember. Oh God. Yeah, well, that does. I want you to, uh, oh my God. Fast-paced, no, oh, sorry. <laughs> Take one. Fast paced, no holds barred, in your face, rock and roll style. Woohoo! Let's kick some ass. I want you to smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> Track, cue, dissolve. Good morning, and welcome from Big Wig Studios. From the Big Wig Media Studio. Big Wig Media's broadcast center at the Willard is the ideal headquarters to host your virtual meetings and video conferences. Kudos to our team who's running around behind the cameras. What I liked about working with Big Wig Media was you guys are the experts. Our industry pros have you covered. Let's get started. Predictions? Let's make some money. Toby, what's your buy, hold, sell this week? All right. Well, I'm buying Grindrod. It's another one of the shippers that generates about a 22% dividend. Um, everyone, I've, I've, every week I've, I've given you one, and every one of them are up about 25%. So do this again. For the hold, uh, I'm still holding cash. In other words, cash is a strategy in a bear market. And don't let anybody convince you that we're not in a historic bear market since we had a historic 12-year run-up. And then on sell, I'm selling Capital One Financial. Capital One is big in the subprime lending business, and but the numbers that we got, man, they're, they're, they're going to be in rough shape. So I, I, don't want anywhere, I don't want to be anywhere near subprime <laughs> uh, lending the way I didn't want to be subprime mortgages, okay? Todd? Yeah, I'm, right now, we we're just talking about restaurant stocks. My buy is a company called Sweetgreen. Uh, they uh, offer uh, casual salads. Uh, it's a casual salad place, main, mainly in the South. You see these. I, I'm really looking for a restaurant that's not going to be focused on things like meat, um, you know, steaks, and, and yeah. seeing those rising costs as well. Plus, you really don't need a tremendous amount of labor to, for someone to put together a salad. You just chop up the vegetables and you do it there. But that seems to be a big winner right now. It's actually one of the stocks from the restaurant industry that actually is up this year. So I highly recommend that. I love them. You are right about, you are right about the – yeah, they are great. And you're right about the cash. Uh, look for the online um, savings accounts. Uh, Marcus from Goldman Sachs just lifted their uh, savings rate again this week. 
And as interest rates go up, they're always going to be the first ones. They're the category killer that's out there right now. Uh, you definitely want to look uh, look that uh, so that that type of place. Definitely want to park your cash, but also try to get your highest yield possible. And selling right now, I got to stick with Target right now. I just am very concerned with their inventory issues and and plus all of the numbers that they came out. You know, Brian Cornell during the analyst call, he said he was surprised by the uh, the one billion dollars in freight costs. So it's like, what are you living under a rock? How do you really? not know that? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that that's a real, yeah. How are you surprised by it? I mean, nobody was surprised by that. And, and he's only, he actually is, is quite dismal going on, going down the line. That's a stock you probably want to stay away from. So if you're owning it right now, sell it. All right, Chris, what's your buy, hold, sell this week? Well, I'm not a total return guy because I'm a registered investment advisor. So I got a zillion clients out there all over the country. So basically a little bit different for me. Uh, I'm going to be scaling back into Apple uh, to some degree because it's come down. It's been worked work great for me. It's now it's a dividend is eh, it's still under 1%. Uh, but again, I still think that that's going to be a one that you're going to come out two to three, four years down the road. And that's my time frame for my clients. It's a little bit different. Um, I do agree with taking uh, some profits. I'm going to do some selling. Um, love energy. But again, it's done so well. There's nothing wrong with taking a little bit off yeah. the top and going into yep. cash and then waiting to uh, bite back in when things turn. Because I, I do think it's going to continue to be volatile. Uh, and this is where you want to take advantage and maybe do a little bit of uh, cut here, snip here when it comes to your portfolio. All right. Well, that does it for another edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Thank you to our guests. Chris Markowski and Winnie Sun for joining us today. And a special thank you to our viewers for watching. On behalf of all of us at Buy, Hold, Sell, have a great weekend and enjoy the semifinals of the NCAA Men's Lacrosse Tournament. Take care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm recording it now. Go to Underdog. <laughs> Delaware. Go Delaware. Go Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell. We hope you enjoyed yourself and return next week. Until then, please remember to subscribe to the Crosscheck Media channel on YouTube and follow us on all socials. Take care. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.